The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin a new day, it's Tuesday here in the Red Eye Radio neighborhood. Gary, how are you? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And another thing, <laughs> heard somebody on a podcast today said, you know, in the music verse, I said, stop. That's not a word. <laughs> they made one up? I, I, I guess. And I, they, I think they were talking about the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I say that because... I had this natural instinct to turn it off immediately, which I did. So I can't tell you for sure they were talking about the Grammys, but it's like it was a natural reaction. You know, when someone looks like they're going to swing at you and you put your hands up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that, and but I heard the word music verse. Dude, that's not a word. Your friends are playing a joke on you. Don't that's use, made up, huh? Yeah, it's made up. Doesn't exist. Quit adding the word verse, you know, like... You know, they're trying to, it's, it started with the comic book movies. Just stop it. Uh. Well, let's talk about the Biden verse. <laughs> that actually is a real thing. <laughs> Quite unfortunate. Since we're making stuff up. <laughs> this movie's going to end badly. All right, let, let's start with an audio cut, okay? All right, fine. All right. Let's just, we'll start, it has to be Corrine Jean-Pierre. Yeah, right. I think, yeah. Right. Here we yeah. go. All right. How is it possible that this administration discovered um, at least three previous balloons that flew over the U.S. under the previous administration, but Trump officials didn't know it was happening? Yeah, so look, I think that, uh, and we have talked about this before, about how... um, uh, uh, the, when it um, when the PRC government surveillance balloons trans, uh, trans, trans, transited uh, the continental U.S. briefly at least three times, as you just mentioned during the president's uh, prior administration, and once that we know of the beginning of this administration's, uh, but never for this duration of time, as we know, uh, this information was discovered prior to the admin- administration uh, left. Uh, but uh, the intelligence community, as I said, is prepared to give uh, give uh, briefings to 
the key officials. Uh, but this is something. Uh, this is something. Sorry, post. But this is something that we we they did not. They were not aware of. <laughs> it was just a zoo yesterday. Uh, I what what just happened? <laughs> one second. One second. I was talking about a stupid word, music verse, and then all of a sudden it was like I. I I don't know. There's lost time in there somewhere. <laughs> Just this gap in my, her in head my is, brain. Her head is down. She knows she has nothing. Uh, you know, and, and uh, she's she's looking down, and she's not going through pages, and she's reading what she's already read two or three times before. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, it was just, uh, uh, it was uh, it was bad. You know, <laughs> not a lot of momentum leading into the State of the Union address. Well, there's not. There now, just isn't. So I was looking at the the Wall Street Journal editorial. Yeah. One of their lead right. editorials. Too, right, yeah. Which added a little bit more because I didn't know exactly what the defense budget was. I thought it was roughly $800 billion. And so I didn't say it yesterday, but I said all the hundreds of billions that we spend yeah. on this. And you're telling me that NORAD missed three incursions, uh, incursions of a Chinese spy balloon into the United States? And and said, I I can't believe it. Well, apparently I should believe it because yeah. it's eight hundred and fifty billion dollars mm-hmm. that we spend. We dwarf every other nation by hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of billions of dollars. And you're telling me that NORAD couldn't pick up Chinese balloons? Yeah. Of the, of that particular size, yeah. that our early warning defense couldn't pick that up, and the potential of what you could do. Look, people forget that you know it's a, don't ever forget nine eleven. Oh, they did something in a weird and different way. Oh, okay, that's different. Well, normally hijacking, uh, they don't commit suicide. Oh, we can't get caught with our pants down anymore because. The people that hate us will use things that we don't expect. So we spend $850 billion to protect this country. And I'm sorry, we can't. We didn't detect three damn balloons. No, and we got countless people coming across the southern border. Everything is perfectly safe. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's just. And and then this is uh, because I woke up and saw all this. So this is just the first thoughts. You know, I haven't even just what I when I was coming, I just went, eh, first off, mm-hmm. how quickly they came out and how quickly the Department of Defense and they'd never done it before. They didn't come out and say, you know, we didn't get this leaked story that. That uh, three balloons, uh, Chinese balloons, had come over. We never got this story before until they wished to use it as an excuse to basically give disinformation to the public to say, oh, no, this happened during the Trump administration all the time to imply that he knew about it. And it's no big deal because at least Biden shot it down. Mm -hmm. So they were peddling disinformation. Because it wasn't until every single staff member that had anything to do with Trump, whether they loved him or hate him, came out and said, 
this didn't happen. Right. Oh, yeah, it did. You just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And we decided never to. Bro- so you never. De- so you decided never to put that out. And here's how my thinking goes. You decided not to put it out because you didn't want the Chinese to know that you didn't discover it. Right. You wanted to keep them guessing. Right. And I guess my question would be, was that information of not releasing that, was that classified? Because right. it never came out before that this is where we need. I don't I don't believe it. Well, it, maybe it did, but we don't know about it. In, in any type of, of oversight before Congress, Congress didn't know about this. Right. The House and Senate Intelligence Committee didn't know about it. The Gang of Eight didn't know about it. And if it's retroactive intel, events that had happened, not that they placed devices somewhere and they're still here, but that these balloons were in the air, in the airspace that we control in our territory before. So there would be no reason to keep that from oversight. Why didn't why didn't they tell Congress? They they should well at least the Gang of Eight should have known it, and yeah. then then you should have had the House Intelligence. Uh, uh, the House and Senate, Senate Intelligence Committee, they should know it. And there is a argument, there is a legit argument to not let that information out. Okay. Because you wish to keep the Chinese guessing. And they'd never let it out until they needed it politically. Then they let it out. Mm-hmm. When they realize this is so bad for Biden, all right, let's throw out some disinformation because we won't put out the whole story and we'll just say it happened during the the, the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I look at this and I, I just, I shake my head and say so many of these people inside of government, even inside the Pentagon, they don't give a damn about the safety of this country. Sorry, they don't. Many do. I understand many. I'm not indicting everybody. But you've got leaders up there. Whoever leaked that had to be pretty high up. Yeah. Otherwise, why didn't that come out before just to go after Trump? You know, Trump, things were so bad. It happened more than yeah. on more yeah. than one occasion. Right. Why why did that why did that it, it waited until it could that information waited until it could become politic politically expedient for the Biden administration, then it came out. I mean, it blew up in their face, as everything does. Mm-hmm. But that's the first thought I had when I woke up this morning, and, or this morning, tonight, and, and saw everything that had come out, read all the different stories, and went, what? And then the other thing is, too, when I was reading Politico yesterday, uh, when doing the timeline, they said they discovered on January 28th but according to the New York Post, they're saying that uh, that the president wasn't notified till the 31st. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't yeah. add up as, you know, per usual with this administration. It, it, the timeline, all the information that's given, nothing adds up. And we we talked about this before. The you know the thing is when you read the story, the political yesterday saying that when it went over the ICBM site in Montana, there was some panicking in the Pentagon. 
Yeah, because the one thing they were thinking of, you know, now a 2,000-pound payload on this thing. Yeah. It's a huge payload. And and the thought, I'm sure the thought went through their minds, you know, somebody in there, somebody that was in, in the government watching this, in the Pentagon, in the CIA, probably went, oh, boy, no, because we don't know what China is going to do. Uh, when it comes to Taiwan or whatever, there had to be someone in there thinking this could be one of the small nuclear devices that set off, uh, you know, the uh, the nu- the uh, the electronic pulse, mm-hmm. you know, to possibly make our ICBMs right below it, you know, not being able to function properly, right? And guarantee somebody had that thought and went, oh no, at that point, right? And so, and all the signal, well, we knew that they, you know, they're not collecting everything. How do you know that? And, and, you know, again, the story, we disabled their ability to collect any data, to get anything. Well, you know what they said? The, the ability to, to, um, uh, monitor transmissions. That doesn't mean they didn't take pictures and send them back. Well, that's my question. Did they disable it like with the, because that was had come up. Did they disable it with the laser beam? And, and the, there was a discussion on that. Uh, <laughs> it's on social media, so I probably should ignore it. And there were, you know, people claiming to be experts saying, no, mm-hmm. we don't have the ability to actually do that, uh, you know, to disable something with the laser beam. I don't know whether we do or not. I just. Right. But but it was uh, interesting that, OK, what you're saying is you just changed the encoding of the messages you were sending. Or still, do we have the ability uh, to focus uh, our own electronic pulse on a device, one device like that, with that kind of accuracy at that altitude? That would be the next question. Yeah. But I didn't see where they said that they were able to make it stop taking pictures and transmitting it. It was almost as if they were saying we were able to basically uh, encode our messaging and our communications. Mm-hmm as if we're able to hide it from them mm-hmm. through in, in, in coding. And again, I, I you know, there's right. so many different stories on, you know, out there. Mm-hmm. I may, I may have missed one, but you know, one or <laughs> I may have missed a bunch because there's thousands of stories being written on. Because, this. you know, the, the idea that I brought up about, you know, a pulse, what would be your danger? Well, your danger would be the countless number of commercial airliners that could be affected by yeah, such a, yeah, great point. you know, and right. so, you know, I would highly, doubt that that would have to be some uh interesting technology with incredible precision and again i i have my doubts about that so what was it that kept them from getting what they wanted what did we do encryption for encryption i said encoding encryption encryption for u.s intel is a problem they can't figure out the WhatsApp. They still have problems with with the private sector apps on phones when it comes to encryption. It, it is a puzzle. And the reason is because of the nature of today's encryption. So my question would be, all right, and I would hope that we have that ability. And if that encryption is, is solid, then... I would hope that that, you know, something that is always in play. And if it's not always in play, did you did you only do that 
when you discovered the balloon. And here's my question. <laughs> Was that information of the Trump administration and and the uh, uh, the Biden administration, the mm-hmm. other balloon? Yeah. Was that classified and was it declassified by someone in order or a group in order to use it as a political weapon at that time? Because, right. you know, right. I'm right. I'm all right. you know, I, I look at it and I go, yeah, they probably overclassify a ton of classified information out there. But that is one where I could see where you don't want that out. Yeah. You don't want that out that you got burned four times and NORAD didn't pick it up or three times. I don't know about the, the one that came through the Biden administration, whether they picked it up or not. Mm. But if that happened, you don't want you keep the other side guessing. Well, you can't you can't expose your your Achilles. You can't exactly. advertise your Achilles to so the entire world. Was that I have to ask the question. Was that classified? Until it was needed. Politically, because how come no one else ever had a story if that wasn't classified? How come no other? publication you know defense publication uh uh any of the the uh you know anything out there well, negative, some, somebody in somebody in congress would have found out about it or, in oversight how come oversight didn't know about it or a leak to the media because right. you know it was something about trump i mean t- yeah take the, right. the the current situation aside and if it were something to show i don't know uh how inept the trump administration was whatever how did that not leak? Eight six six ninety red eye Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, but the trick is to be proactive and not reactive. Conduct routine pre- and post-trip tire inspections and pay special attention to inflation. Tires with too little air will wear prematurely and create more resistance, which can result in increased fuel consumption, a harsher ride, and ultimately lead to a blowout. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Listen to Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. If uh, you want to get in, yeah, I know, I know, I get angry, but that that's something. If I'm going to get angry and, and get furious, that's one thing to get angry and furious about. Calm down. It's and just the safety of this nation. It just it just drives it absolutely drives me crazy. And then, you got to focus on the things that matter. Well, the Grammys. I, well, it was Fat Satan. I found out. This oh, wasn't oh, Satan. Oh, it was Fat oh, Satan. Oh, okay. But oh, I, I don't right, know what yeah. got more news at the Grammy: mm. Fat Satan or uh, Grandma Gaga looking like a Grandma Gaga. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm just glad I didn't. I wasn't too exposed to that stuff. Oh, I had so much going on during gosh. the day. I wasn't, and I, I thought, please oh. just let it end. There should be. You know how they give warnings. You know warnings. You know this video contains mm-hmm. graphic footage. That kind of thing. There should be that. Hey, warning! We're about to post about the Grammys. <laughs> you might want to mute our account for a while. 
you know? Yeah. Just save me some grief. <laughs> well, coming up on the show, uh, the uh, State of the Union address, uh, more on Balloon Gate. Yeah. Some of Biden's worst economic polling coming out right now. Hmm. The computer store owner says Hunter Biden and his lawyers broke the law with false stolen claims. This is oh. really interesting. We'll oh. get to that. The celebrity surfer who lost an arm in a shark attack is at the front lines of fighting the liberal transgender activist movement. Uh, reviewing the studies and the research on the effectiveness of masks, going after DeSantis, and a whole bunch more. Hey, drivers, Eric Harley here. Today, I want to talk to you about CatScale. Most of you have heard about CatScale's guarantee, but did you realize they guarantee axle weights and the gross weight? That's right. If you weigh legal on a cat scale and then get an overweight citation, cat scale will pay you back for the fine or go to court with you. Now that's a guarantee. Besides the guarantee, the people at CatScale have been working on some other things to make life easier for you. Many of you are already using their Weigh My Truck app to weigh your loads. Super easy, right? For you drivers out there who aren't, let me tell you, download this app. It's a huge time saver. Simply set up an account at weighmytruck.com or ask your company to do it. And then you just pull on the scale, open the app, follow the screens, and within a matter of seconds, you are weighed and you'll see your weights right there on your phone or tablet. That's it. You're done. You'll also get a locked PDF copy of the scale ticket emailed to you. Weighing doesn't get any easier than that. If you want to know more about the Way My Truck app, go to WayMyTruck.com or give Catscale a call, 877-CATSCALE. Their help desk is always open. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE, getting some messaging in saying, well, the intelligence officials uh, probably just didn't tell Trump. Um, you know, we had stated that as a possibility yesterday mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, is that a possibility that something like that, uh, happened, but you had general Glenn Van Herrick, who is a commander of NORAD who came out yesterday and said, quote, so these balloons. So every day as a NORAD commander, it's my responsibility to detect threats to North America. I will tell you, we did not detect those threats. And that's a domain awareness gap that we have to figure out, but I don't want to get into further detail. So that's what he said yesterday at a press briefing. For some reason, I can't find any audio on it, but I got found the quote mm-hmm. uh, uh, from uh, from him. So uh, you may not believe him. Uh, he will eventually have to testify under oath on that because yeah. he will yeah. be he will be brought before Congress yeah. uh, uh, on it. So that's as, and as we mentioned yesterday, and we've mentioned on a number of items. Look. Uh, either the Biden administration is lying about that or NORAD has a massive hole. Either way, we have a big problem. Yeah. And this is going to be a big problem. Well, So if he's not telling the truth, that's a problem for him. If he is telling the truth, it's a problem for everybody. Well, here's and, – and the one thing – and we focused on it uh, again uh, in the last half hour, and it's simply this. If that happened, and when they found it out, and the Pentagon did not inform civilian authorities of that, and I mean the Gang of Eight, which they did not, mm-hmm. because nobody has said you know, that that happened, that they were briefed on this. And once it came out, 
if they were briefed on it, it was classified. They couldn't talk about it. But for that information to come out, clearly now it's no longer classified. They could say, yeah, we were told about it. Mm -hmm. But it was classified until it came out. But then there's a huge problem there if it was classified because then it was, what, declassified in the last couple of days just to come out and try to throw a lifesaver to the Biden administration? Mm. So, I mean, any way way you go on it, but if they did not tell, if the Pentagon did not, because that's a huge hole in the security of your defense systems. Right. Yeah, it is. And so, yeah, I can see that that's something you would not want to make public because you don't want to let the Chinese know. You keep them guessing. Did right. they not detect us? Did they detect us? You know? Right. And and so, and it never came out. Nobody has said. No Republican, no Democrat has come out and said, no, we were told about this. And now that they came out, yeah, we were told about it, which means when did they declassify it? Did they declassify it in order, you know, to try to throw that lifesaver to Biden? That would be the response. Mm-hmm. But that's a that's a huge problem in 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 my government but i'm an authoritarian <laughs> somebody gets fired yeah no doubt you well don't. because you don't declassify as a political move no 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 i mean if you know i, I didn't mean that i meant i'm uh, previous sorry i wasn't clear uh that if you did not inform the house uh, the the gang of eight the house and senate intelligence committee that that there is a hole in our defenses like that. Yeah, yeah, that would be a separate issue. But also, if they decided to declassify information that's now, you. yes, well, it, because that's the other big half of that, right? Our representatives didn't weren't told the the gang of eight. They weren't told. They weren't made aware. And then you declassified it in order to save Biden. Yeah, and just so people, just so you understand, the gang of eight is like the the. Uh, uh, the uh, congressional leaders and the heads of the House and Senate Intelligence mm-hmm. Committee. When something is super, super of, of each each party uh, of, so each, there's, there's of each party in the right. Senate, the the uh, Senate Majority Leader, Senate Minority Leader, and then right. the Intel uh, Committee Chair and Ranking Member uh, on on each side, the, the House and 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 uh, Minority Leader, the Chairman and, and uh, the Vice Chair, and, and the uh, Chairman and the Ranking Member in the in the House Intel. And right. so these are the but but. That's and, and that's the process now. Well, just, just so people know, that's the first process. I mean, that's you. They the the super top secrets they get to know. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the president. So the representatives right. of the right. people know what's also going on. Then the second in the chain that gets to know is the House and Senate Intelligence Committee. Right. If they're going to, if it's not something that they really wish to keep under wraps, but something that's still classified, then it goes to the House and Senate Intelligence uh, uh, Committee at that right, point. Right, right, But uh, during, and, and it, probably during war, it gets down that far. But uh, but most of the time, it's supposed to get to the Gang of Eight. And that, to me, would be an incursion, three of them. Right. And you find out about it later, you would and, have to go to well, civilian authorities and say, well, we got a problem here that we believe we have it fixed, but you need to know about it. And And here's the thing. Either it was classified and they're and they're not told, or the entire gang of eight is lying to us, right? 
And I doubt that's the case. And, and whether it's the current Gang of Eight or the former Gang of Eight, okay, they, okay. they would they right. would all be you know lying to us. Which of course now we have to bring Adam Schiff into the fold. Yeah, we know he'll lie about intelligence. Um, the uh, just pairing out all the possibilities here, and uh, or uh, they didn't share that information with the Gang of Eight, and it, it was classified, or. It was never classified, and they didn't share it with Congress. Or they did share it with Congress, and nobody said a thing about it. Again, I have my doubts on that. Okay, you're just you're throwing out all the possibilities. I, this, there are only so many things it could be. You know there would have been a story. There ha- if it wasn't classified, there, there would have been a story. not a story? Think about this. Not that the Chinese, you know, that, that something is going on like right now, right? This is something that happened in the past repeatedly under Trump's watch and the New York Times or Washington Post didn't get that leaked to them. That tells me that it is class, it was or is classified. Well, it's not anymore, but was classified information. And then here's the question. If it was, who ordered it to be declassified? Yeah, exactly. There is one person that has that power at any moment. Uh, Harris? I was going to say the the guy who did the devil thing on the Grammys. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say the devil. Now, now, you know why I said Harris, yeah. because yeah. That, when, when the whole yeah. thing came out, remember yeah. when Biden yeah. was vice president? Mm-hmm. Well, he could declassify, remember Whoopi? Mm-hmm. He couldn't declassify him. No, he can't. Yeah, no. Uh, so I, that's why. I think oh, Whoopi. Yeah, she could declassify it. Whoop, yeah, Whoopi can do it. That's So that would be the question. Because if if the general at NORAD is talking about it after Biden declassified it, you know, then if he's free to talk about it and they're saying, look, we need to issue a statement here and. But here's the thing. They didn't want to show their hand. The, the, the whole idea. We don't want the, the Blinken trip to China to be, a, you know, uh, 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 tainted at all in any way with any of this information. So we were keeping this quiet. Yet. We're learning about. All the stuff that has happened, not just these the the recent events, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So why why would you do that? Because now you have made yourself completely vulnerable, and the general at NORAD is sa- telling us we got a big hole. We have no idea what we're doing when it comes to balloons. We don't know how to detect them. We don't know if we'll ever. I mean, that's the idea. I'm, I'm, right, I'm, right. He, he made I'm, the claim. And, he made the claim. They fixed yeah. the hole. So, so the, here's the thing. But, but he made the claim. Made the claim. They they fixed the hole. But did the Chinese view that as disinformation? Have we fixed the hole? Right. Because if you haven't fixed the hole, you're not going to tell the Chinese you haven't. You know what you could do? Jeez, what a what a mess. See what happens. See what happens when you have government lose. Complete credibility with right. the American people. Right. You right. don't believe anything, and 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 that's the thing is that 
you didn't want to divulge our vulnerable spots to the Chinese and and make us look weak going into the Blinken visit. I get that. But you made it, you took it from uh, a pinhole in the balloon to a balloon, (laughs) in terms of problems, to a massive exploding balloon with fire and all Hindenburg-style balloon situation by divulging all of the stuff during the Trump years. Because our enemy, you mentioned, um, you know, uh, the, the hijacking planes and, and the whole thing. And so I was thinking in my mind and and with 9-11 and now the TSA, um, we go through security based on things that had happened in the past, you know, when it comes to liquids, uh uh, read the shoe bomber. We take our shoes off. Um, you know, all of these things that happen in the past We're 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 basically trying to prevent what they did well over 20 years ago. No, by and those and protecting those methods, we're acting retroactively, not proactively. So if I'm the enemy, if I'm China here going, OK, they admit it. Now, they claim that they fixed this hole with NORAD, but they admitted that that was a huge hole. Where are the rest of their holes? If that was a hole, why was it a hole? They have totally deconstructed this, and they already know our existing vulnerable uh, spots right now. I guarantee you that is the case. Why would you, in the, why in the world would the general at NORAD come out there's only one reason you do that. To throw some cover on the current president. It's the only reason. Because you claim you didn't want any of this getting out because of the Blinken visit going to China. So what you did is dumped everything out in a massive show. But he had no choice. Well, but did he? Yeah, he had no choice. It once it once the story came out and and once the story came out, you had the generals had to they had to comment on it. Well, but there's the question. I, that I don't, would have been, that I don't would have, know that they did. Yeah, it would have been a nightmare. Yeah. Well it would have public relations. Nightmare. Well, that's the one thing if, that they don't if, have if, during, if, in the Biden administration. Yeah, but the sure Pentagon's Pentagon's different than you know, Pentagon's different than Yeah. Than mm. than Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like than Biden. Then, then, yeah, than Biden. Mm-hmm. We know, for example, you know, Biden lied about what the generals said. The mm-hmm. generals didn't say anything mm-hmm. until they were under oath. Mm-hmm. And when they were under oath, they said, no, that's not what we told him. Well, and, and so, but and, this and, is... and, and my, so my point is, I, I believe at once, uh, uh, again, I, I don't think any of this gives him, I don't think any of this gives him cover, though. Well, it doesn't. It, it, to, it, it to, does, to go with it's, your, it's not that well, we, that we think they think it. Well, gives that's cover. my point. Okay, you. That's, I, I was going to say that. And, and this I don't think it gives thing. them cover. You think they may think it gives them cover. I, it doesn't. No, yeah. and okay. and that's the whole point. You come out and because they're also trying to say we didn't talk about this because we didn't want to uh, walk in weakened. We didn't want Blinken walking in in a, in a weakened position. Well, again, they did. Bloomberg said that in a source story. They haven't said that officially. Uh, well, okay. But 
clearly that's why they did. And I agree way, with you. On that, that is a good right. reason to right. not divulge that information. Also a good reason to not come out with the Trump years massive hole in the NORAD situation, at least until after the visit or you get whatever you're trying to accomplish with China done. That's my whole point. Yeah, but they had they no- keep drawing down. They keep drawing down. I'm not talking about reality. I'm talking about their approach. Yeah, okay. And their approach is, oh, well, we didn't want that coming out. It weakens us with China. Well, sorry. But you blew a gaping hole in it anyway and said, not only was it bad this time, it's been going on for years. Sorry, you're confusing me with going between the real world and the delusional world. Well, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's, they made themselves look weaker. And oh, yeah. Horrible. This, this is horrible. Never underestimate the ability oh, yeah. of yeah. Joe Biden to F things up. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Shell Rotella with advanced. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. President's State of the Union Address, and a whole bunch more all coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Download our Red-Eye Radio app today, and if you can't listen live overnight to one of our great radio stations, one of our great affiliates, you can listen when and where uh, you choose. That's right. And thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, all right. So you ready for this? All right. Just don't want to forget this. This actually came out over the weekend. We just because of all the balloon stuff, we missed it. But mm. some of the uh, the uh, the research that was been done on the studies on the masks, and this yeah. is as we look back towards COVID, uh, and and you know with with twenty twenty hindsight vision, and see all the mistakes we made. And by the way, this is something that we said in April of March and April of twenty twenty. We said all these things were eventually going to be analyzed, and um, you know even. <laughs> <laughs> things we didn't think were going to be analyzed, not having to do with COVID, like Russiagate. You saw the Columbia Journalism Review, mm. and we mentioned we we did some things on that uh, yesterday a little bit, then some last week, too, about how, okay, the New York Times blew it, and that's from the former New York Times uh, writer. They should get back their Pulitzer Prize. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's if if they want to keep it, if it's like a participation trophy for them now, then that's okay, but 
uh, Michael uh, Brendan Doherty was talking about, uh, you know, wrote a column on it. Mass drama was probably for uh, uh, nothing and uh, said at the beginning of the uh, pandemic, he said, we made our family. He said, uh, homemade masks at my house. Back then, most people accepted the droplet theory of the spread. But by late spring of 2020, I felt the case for wearing masks basically fell apart when Dr. Anthony Fauci called them a symbol of good behavior. This seemed to be an uh, inadvertent admission that masks were not a a useful tool to stop transmission and that he had never in his heart departed from his early assessment that they weren't very useful at all for dealing with the respiratory disease. It was also becoming obvious to this point that COVID was not a serious risk to children and that children were not very efficient spreaders of COVID. But the fights about masks lasted two years after this. Oh, the insanity of that going on. Mm. Well, uh, here we have, here comes uh, Cochrane, as I said, that basically the gold standards for meta studies in the field of medical interventions, they looked at 78 credible studies of physical interventions against COVID, flu, and respiratory diseases, some of their findings. Ten studies took place in the community and two studies in healthcare workers. Compared with wearing no mask in the community studies only, wearing a mask only uh, makes little to no difference in how many people caught a flu-like illness, COVID-like illness, uh, and probably makes no little or no difference in how many people have flu, COVID confirmed by a laboratory test. Unwanted effects were rarely reported. Discomfort was mentioned. Four studies uh, on the masks, the N95 and the P2 respirators. Four studies were in healthcare workers, one small study was in the community compared with wearing medical or surgical masks, uh, wearing an N95 or P2 respirators probably makes little to no difference in how many people have confirmed flu and may make little to no difference in how many people catch a flu-like illness or respiratory illness. Unwanted effects were not well reported. Discomfort was uh, mentioned. Because reading into the quality of these studies, a pro-masker could make the argument that what we're really seeing is not the usefulness of the masks, but the uselessness of the mask mandates. That is, there is still enough uncertainty that someone could argue we just needed lots more coercion into better masks and education on how to wear them, but policymakers should actually heed the real-world application of their policies rather than the notionally perfect compliance and uh, execution. Of course, what's so galling about these studies is not just that the public officials oversold the symbol of good behavior, but the people's workplaces, school districts, churches, and friends made this a sole test of uh, virtue. We remember that. The other thing is there's an article in, um, and, and there'll be more studies, I know, coming out on that. Yeah. Uh, and sure. more studies of studies. Yeah. Uh, Spike.com, the lethal cost of lockdowns, Britain's high excess deaths, show us why shutting down society was a fatal mistake. After the pandemic that predominantly killed the elderly and vulnerable, one might expect fewer deaths than normal in the years after it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Doesn't seem to be the case in the UK. Quite the reverse. Mm. Deaths are currently more numerous than in pre-pandemic years. In 2022, the UK recorded more than 650,000 deaths, around 9% more than 2019. In the week ending January 13th of 2023, 17,000 people died compared with the five-year pre-pandemic average of 14,500 for the same week. A similar pattern can be seen across Europe and Australia and the U.S. excess deaths for 22 are also about 15% above pre-pandemic average. There is no shortage of speculation or speculative explanations for the rise in excess deaths. According to the Guardian's Owen Jones, the U.K. excess deaths are due to a wicked Tory cuts in the National Health Service. That's, you know, their national health care. Mm-hmm. Well, this fails to explain comparable excess deaths in other countries. What's more, the number of NHS doctors and nurses have increased by 14% and 11% since 2019. The budget has been up from $156 billion to $180 billion. So it isn't as straightforward as Jones suggests. Extreme anti-vaxxers are pushing an equally simplistic view. They effectively claim that excess deaths equal vaccine deaths. Well, if that were true, then why does Sweden, which has a highest, one of the highest COVID vaccination rates, have so little excess mortality? And why haven't there been big death spikes in the heavily vaccinated 15 to 44 demographic? Vaccines have provided useful protection for those most at risk. They broke the link between infections and deaths in 2022, and even with the Omicron wave in 2022, the over 80s in South Korea and Singapore, excuse me, extensively vaccinated with the mRNA products, recorded proportionally fewer deaths than the over 80s of Hong Kong, who were often unvaccinated or vaccinated with inferior Chinese products. The bulk of the evidence points to lockdowns as the main cause of excess mortality. After all, lockdowns disrupted health care in uh, ways which it is yet to recover. During the pandemic, the National Health Service was transformed into the National COVID Service. Routine activity was canceled. Patients avoided seeking out health care despite their symptoms. They either, either feared catching COVID in a hospital. They didn't want to be a nuisance or they were frightened to leave the house thanks to the orders to stay at home. And they just go through the general practitioner system has been upended by the lockdowns during the pandemic. It became difficult to secure a a general practitioner appointment. And at many practices, it remains so. Face-to-face appointments now comprise less than 70% of all appointments. Wow. Compared to 80% Hmm. before the pandemic. At the worst practices, less than 20% of appointments are now in person. The risk of missed or delayed diagnosis ought to be self-evidence. Uh, evident you can uh, you cannot feel a suspicious lump or detect an irregular heartbeat over the phone or if the patient gives up and doesn't bother booking the appointment uh, at all so they go on and this is actually looking you know this is from you know the uh, the UK mm-hmm. uh, a guy from the UK looking at it but right. it, and it's you know looking at uh, a bunch of statistics there but again they're going to get these all down worldwide different countries and everything else, and I think they are going to find out, and they are finding out here in the United States. We brought you some of the research on that, that the lockdowns have been absolutely devastating. Well, you know, and the tragic part of it is is that that we learned that too late. Um, 
but there are you know there are lessons on a, a number of levels here. One of the things that we've talked about, like with presidential historians and historians in general, as they look back on things, they don't have the same uh, political motivation. Uh, they they look back on events and go, okay, this happened, and that person did this, or this government did this. These decisions were made then. And then they go through them and say, okay, what was right? What did they do right? What did they do wrong? Um but it isn't the same type of motivation when it's as when it's happening on the fly. And COVID is one of these uh, uh, quite unfortunate situations where we're going to learn the truth that many people had already suspected at the time, long after the fact and long after the damage is done. And the problem is, is that on this scale, and it was literally a global scale, I don't know how to measure that kind of damage. It is like somebody asked the, the, the a question the other day. I, I, I heard them talking about sinkholes. Well, what do you think happens to all the things that fall in the sinkholes? Where do they go? Or, you know, just or a crevasse on a mountain like Everest, where it's like oh, it's just bottomless. This is such, these are these numbers that we talk about, the ill effects of the policy that was put into place reminds me of that, this massive void that you just look into, because I don't know how you properly quantify that. People not going to the doctor, the effect that we saw on adolescent girls. Oh, yeah. And the skyrocketing rate of suicide in that demographic. Yep. All of these things had an effect. And it was a, no doubt, a massive political move for control. Were some of the players um, disingenuous? We that's a, that's a given. Were some of them, did some of them believe in what they were doing? Also a given. But ultimately, what won? Well, we saw it toward the end. You and I pointed out along the way here, stateside, what was going on with all of these leaders, including the current governor of California, who told you, you can't move, you can't breathe, and then he's going and yucking it up in public without a mask repeatedly. And... We've got to we've got to have this massive back and forth debate, splitting hairs on whether kids need to go back to school or not, and the unions having control. And we can't have it has to be one group motivated. We can't think about what was actually best for the children. Well, that's to me. You know, there's a lot of reprehensible things that happened during that, but I think to me, looking back, the most reprehensible thing was because we knew early on. And this is one thing that he had mentioned in the, the, the story. We knew early on this wasn't something that affected young people. Right. And, and uh, you know, at all that we knew that the, the numbers rate, were clear. Right. The, the numbers were clear all along. And we knew from the very, very beginning that the elderly, the elderly, uh, the obese, you know, people overweight, people with certain underlying conditions were much more 
susceptible to it, but it didn't affect the young the same way. There was a refusal, and I'll be the refusal came from the left in this country. Mm-hmm. The refusal came, you know, for example, teachers' unions, which clearly are on the left, right? Right, and it, it clearly came. The pressure came from that, and then the fear tactics to parents. But the evidence was clear, and the evidence was really clear all along on that one with kids. You never saw a spike, really, in any of the different uh, uh, variations, did you? No. As it went through? No. no. COVID was, was really pretty consistent with young people. It didn't affect them the same way as it did, especially, you know, and I, and I would say if you're over... If you're over 65 with underlying conditions and probably over 50 with underlying conditions and obese. Right. Right. And, and, and not that you couldn't die younger from it if you were obese and had right. underlying conditions because there are people in terrible shape, but that's just a, that's a given that if you're in terrible physical shape and you're going to be you know, more susceptible that in, to any virus that is, right. you know, especially one that is especially contagious. Right. That's, that's just going to be. That that's it's it has never not been the case. The elderly and those that have a weakened immune system for any reason are going to be more susceptible. We're capable of, and we don't need. You know, this is the thing about people like Fauci and others who just believe that they 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 that they were the only ones who knew. To the point that they would lie to manipulate people's behavior because you're too stupid to assess your own risk. We've been doing this for ages, and we'll be doing. We were doing it long before he was born, and we'll be doing it long after he's gone. This is what happens. We we understand. Oh, wait a minute. I know Gary that with your dad, my parents. Mm-hmm. Well, it's flu season. All right, we're going to limit our exposure when we go out, you know, to make sure that we we take the proper measures. The whole thing, they work with their doctors all the time. And these are the things that we know. And I have a friend who has had a weakened immune system his entire life, his entire life. And he basically had to behave the same way. When it was cold and flu season, he wasn't out doing the things that other people were doing. We can assess our own risk. But you're too stupid is what they they believe, and you can't make decisions for yourself to the point that the narrative changed along the way. Think about how many times the narrative changed and what they were reporting. Hospitalizations then went to the number of positive cases. Well, why did you change that? Vaccination, if you were if you weren't vaccinated, if you were vaccinated, you couldn't spread the virus. That was false. It was it was a load of garbage to get control of people. And then, I mean, and one of the the biggest scandals is well, how did that? That's one of the things I want to get, you know get after. Could, could we possibly figure out the satellite thing and why huh, the government told us that it would stop the spread? Right, and that wasn't true. And then we found out. Well, the company said, well, we really didn't check that out. Right. We're checking the, you know. The Who knew what? Right. Exactly. They need to find that out. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
Most owner-operators leased to larger carriers are paid on a per-mile basis or a percentage of revenue per load. The per-mile basis is most prevalent among larger fleets, percentage at smaller. Pay per mile tends to dominate discussions about pay just because it's easier to measure. And pay per mile often is wrongly used as the deciding factor in leasing to a carrier. While pay per mile can be a vital factor, it's not a cure for every ill. Nor does it mean a big settlement check is coming an owner-operator's way. Why? Because pay per mile always must be considered in balance with gross revenue as well as total costs. Gross revenue can include flat mileage pay, mileage pay that varies by length of haul, percentage revenue pay, and more. Most importantly, though, for every revenue dollar generated, only part of that dollar is profit. But for every extra dollar of cost saved, the entire dollar contributes to profit. Knowing and understanding your cost to operate is fundamental to understanding the true value of any pay package. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Well, will the State of the Union be a success or a busted balloon for the president? We'll chat about that coming up. All right.
Gary McNamara, and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So, State of the Union Address later on today. Yeah, uh, the president was on his way to Camp David when he stopped and and made uh, the statement Sunday uh, on the balloon. And he's on his way to Camp David because that's where the, you know, they do a mega rehearsal thing. Basically, you get in there for a couple of days and you just do nothing but do the speech over and over again. You, you, You tighten it up or you change it or you change language or whatever. And who knows what kind of process that is with the this current president. Um, but that's basically the idea. So um, the question is, does he mention China? You and I both, you know, by the end of yesterday's show, kind of came to the conclusion. I think we both agreed that, yeah, he probably will. He'll probably brag on it, you know, in some way uh, in order to, if nothing else, try and show some strength to. Uh, China, I don't think he's, I don't believe he's <laughs> concerned about that as much as he, as he is about boasting, you know, about himself in general. Um, but I do expect him to, you know, mention China and he'll then mention the, you know, the whole jobs thing and, yeah. uh, you know, and I will say this on China when he was uh, yesterday uh, uh, taking questions uh, on it. Mm. Um and I'm I'm going to play the audio, but it's very low for the questions. Okay. All but right. the question is, does the does the uh, uh, spy balloon change your speech? No. And then they ask, why would the Chinese make such a brazen act? And then he just laughs and gives this really weird smile and goes, they're the Chinese government. Doesn't sound like he's coming down hard on them at all. I want to play this here. Here we go. All right. Does this change your speech tomorrow night, sir, and your foreign no. policy message? Why? Why? Because I need you to make some preparation act so they're across the entire continent of the United States. So the Chinese. So he just sits there and, and just laughs, goes, <laughs> They're the Chinese. <laughs> they're the Chinese. Oh, that's racist, sir. <laughs> And and so, uh, you know, I, I look at that and say, hmm, are, are they are they going to change up the speech? I bet you they do. Uh, I know he's saying they're not. I bet you they do. I think one thing the Republicans are doing uh, are completely not responsible mm-hmm. uh, because they they wish to, uh, uh, you know, uh, put the country into default. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's again, we've been through this before. Right. Uh, when Democrats can use it to their advantage, they'll say, well, no. We need to negotiate here, as they all did back a few years a few years ago uh, mm-hmm. when it was a mixed Congress. We need to, you know, we need to, uh, and and those audio cuts have been played like crazy. Uh, I'm sure by all conservative media over the last couple of weeks of uh, of Pelosi, of Schumer, yeah. of Biden, or when he was a senator uh, or vice president, all taught in Obama, all talking about the fact that. We need to have cuts. We need to negotiate this. Mm-hmm. We just can't keep on this spending when they, you know, when, when it was viewed that, okay, we can't spend. Now they want to take advantage of the Republicans being in there. And so the Biden's out there and he's been out there saying they want to get, you know, and Democrats have too. They use it in the election. Yeah, they want to, right. they, they want to, uh, tamper with your Social Security and your Medicare. Well, McCarthy's been out there since he's been in. This has been going on for a month now. Um, almost yeah, a month. It's been a month, 
saying we're not touching Social Security and Medicare. We're not touching Social Security and Medicare. And he said it again yesterday. Here it is. Cuts to Medicare and Okay, got start again. Here we go. Cuts to Medicare and Social Security, they are off the table. Defaulting on our debt is not an option. But neither is a future of higher taxes, higher interest rates, and an economy that doesn't work for working Americans. Debt limit debates have been used for nearly every successful attempt to reform federal spending in living history. Why? Because the problem only gets solved when both parties come to the table. Well, not really. Uh, but he continues here. <laughs> I would argue that we get more problems when both parties come to the table because uh, quite often it means two or three Republicans Capitulate. and all yeah. of the Democrats. Yeah. yeah, It doesn't always work that way, yeah. Kevin, but uh, then, right. he, then he continued here. Thanks to four years of runaway spending by the Democrats, they increased annual discretionary spending by $400 billion. That's a 30% increase in just four years. They took our nation's credit card, spent like crazy, and left us in deep debt. But not once did they seek or accept any responsibility. Instead, they doubled down. In 2021, Democrats passed the largest debt limit increase in American history. Then they maxed our nation's credit cards again just 13 months later. Now, President Biden wants Congress to raise the debt limit yet again without a single sensible change to how government spends your hard-earned money. Uh, one of the things that you uh, saw, and I'm trying to see it here, but I don't see it here in any of these audio cuts I have, where he has consistently said wasteful spending. And if you look at the message from McCarthy, it has been exactly where Americans say they stand in the polls. Mm-hmm. And he's been using wasteful spending a lot because the American public believes that if you get rid of foreign aid and wasteful spending, you know, we won't have any budget problems. That isn't true, but it's what the American public uh, uh, believes. And so the Republicans are using that as a starting point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, and and so uh, and and so uh, this is when, you know, Biden comes out and I guarantee. Well, I won't guarantee. But what are the odds that he's going to come out and say they want to get rid of Social Security and Medicare after the Republicans for the last month have said that's not on the table. They're going to pound him on that over and over and over and over again. And the problem is Biden has a credibility problem and they'll just say, see, he's lying again. And I think Republicans understand that he has a huge credibility problem at this time. And by the way, the balloon, uh, balloon gate um, adds to it, adds to the credibility problem. So everything he does, there isn't anything that this president does that you can view as a success. Right. Nothing. Right. Yeah. And, and, the other mistake I believe he will probably make tomorrow, he's going to brag about how great the economy is. And all the networks, CNN was on it. I'll try to find the cut from CNN when CNN saying, you know, this is horrible. Yeah. You know, what what people are thinking right now. And I think, yeah, I think uh, 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 Brian Deese was uh, one of the, his economic advisors was also out yesterday 
Uh, and, um, uh, okay, here it is right here. I mean, this is, this is the problem that they have. Here's Brian Deesh yesterday. Ultimately, the ultimate, uh, you know, the, the, the ultimate uh, test of, of an economic policy and an economic outcome is whether families feel more economic security uh, in their lives. Well, that's the president's economic advisor, uh, Brian Deese, yesterday. When do people start feeling more optimistically about the outlook? And just to clarify on the, the stat that was just cited, it's only 16 percent of those in the poll, poll believe uh, they're financially better off than when they enter than when Biden entered the office, uh, the White House. It's 42 percent feel about the same. So just to clarify, it's only 16 percent are feeling better off. Yeah. So what? So when do people start feeling? More people start feeling uh, better off uh, about the financial future of the country. Well, look, I think that um, I, I don't want to. You know, I, I don't want to repeat myself. Only to say um, we have more work to do. <laughs> that was bad. I mean, that was really, really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, because the first cut that you played there from him is correct. That, at least politically, it is about whether or not families are feeling that effect. If you want to talk about uh, successful policy, then families start feeling that effect. Now, it sometimes takes a minute. But in this case, there is nothing actually happening. Right. But I think what the president will probably do is what Buttigieg did over the weekend on Meet the Press. And I want to play this audio cut here uh, when he uh, he was uh, was on with a posterior kisser. Here we go. He's got a lot of things to tell. Why do you think that it has not penetrated the American public? Well, look, these things don't sell themselves, and it's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to that, that State of the Union address. Uh, I will say that there have been so many accomplishments under this administration, it can be difficult to list them in a distilled way. Ah! There's just so <laughs> many top five. Ah, there's too many to do just the top five. That wouldn't do justice to the others. It's like saying... Pick your favorite child. Okay, pick your favorite child. If you are looking for an example of the definition of gaslighting, mm -hmm. there it is. Right. Oh, the the problem is, and and all this economic news is coming out, and you know, posterior kisser there, you know, mm -hmm. Chuck Todd. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's so many great things. Everybody knows there's not. Everybody knows it's horrible right now. Inflation is just killing people. Yeah, and you know. One of the worst things you can possibly have in an economy is the fact that you have people are employed and still can't get above water. This being is a, un, being unemployed is one thing, but when you're working and then you have to go get another job and you still have trouble doing it, and then the politicians come out and say, everything is great, aren't you happy? Well, and then there is the employment-based inflation where employers... Yeah. Because they need to attract more people, they have to pay more. And everybody, oh, I should pay more. Well, the problem is, is that it's not necessarily that it's because the worker is worth more. Now, we'll see where the economy goes, you know, in, in the rest, for the rest of this year and into 24. The fact of the matter is, is when major retailers like Walmart 
are upping the game. They're trying to get enough people to stay above water. The situation is that we are understaffed in many different sectors right now, and that's a problem. And it may not be one that we can fix anytime soon because legal immigration is not on the front burner for the American people. They don't want to hear about that. They right now don't like the idea that our southern border is broken. Biden doesn't care about that, but the American people do. And the American people also, according to the polls, are not in favor of more legal immigration. Right. And so there is not a fix to this situation of being understaffed at so many different levels, except for in areas where they can automate. I was just in a uh, another major uh, uh, national fast food chain and walked in and there was there were only a few small tables two and three seaters everything else had been converted to drive through they doubled their capacity in the drive through and inside in the lobby it wasn't about sitting down and having a, a fast food meal and maybe that's you know a, they did the math the bean counters there said we're making more money in the drive through we make a lot more money when people go through and take their food and move on. Anybody who knows anything about restaurants will tell you if it's a sit-down restaurant, you got to turn those table, tables over. So for fast food, that makes sense. What else makes sense? Automation. The kiosks that were in that same location were everywhere. They lined the entire lobby. If you wanted to walk in, you could go. you could do that, but it basically was to go, get it, and move on, and then everything else was focused on the drive-through. So there are only a few remedies, and I don't know. I haven't seen anybody mention the automation or any industry that could catch up based on automation, catch up to the demand, and that's the idea. Well, we need the enough other, people yeah. to do the work that is necessary but, to expand an economy. But with also with automation comes the fact that you need more technically yep. uh, knowledgeable workers, which we don't have. Right. Well, so we're not even making the chips right. yet here in, right. in the States, let alone, you know, training more people to be on those machines. And so where are those machines going to be made? And as the analysis on the population and where it's going said in the next 20 years, it's going to get so much worse because right. everybody, all the, but in the next couple of years, because all the baby boomers, well, they may not. We mm-hmm. may not be dropping out of the workforce. Mm-hmm. We may not be retiring. <laughs> Yeah, but right. a significant portion will be. Yeah. And they're not, there are no replacements because of the birth rate in this country and the fact that we don't have any more baby booms. We have a baby bust and we don't have a once uh, in a lifetime situation where women came into the workforce after World War II all the way into the 90s. In fact, the which, first half of this year, oh, and we'll talk more about that coming up. 866 90 Red Eye. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Join the conversation. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. More coming up on the State of the Union.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. If you can't listen live overnight for some reason... Well, no, you need to bring, number one, a note from your parents as to why you can't. Uh, but uh, when we re- after we receive the note, uh, then uh, you will be allowed to download the Red Eye Radio app <laughs> and listen when and where you want. <laughs> we'll, and then uh, we'll refer all questions to White House counsel. Exactly. That's a <laughs> hey, I did see, we're just talking about the President's State of the Union address tonight. Mm. He is going to propose the billionaire's minimum tax, which would be a wealth tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, number one, he's running. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, number two, great. Let's hash that out again. You know, this is the thing is that um, it's not going to go anywhere. It, it isn't going to go anywhere, but it's it, it is one of those moves where. They build it based on based on envy and jealousy and, and the whole thing of, you know, billionaires. And, you know, now that everybody hates Elon Musk, uh, you know, even Tesla owners, some of them, <laughs> it, it, you know, it, 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 everything's fair game again. And they believe they've got the energy behind it. But ultimately, what it is, is not just uh, a way to deplete the wealth of the wealthy. It is also a way to have more involvement in everyone's life. Because ultimately it would require that we, that the IRS goes through everybody's assets every year. So not only would they be all up in your business based on what you do for a living, but also everything that you own. Because how do they know you didn't become one of these overnight tech billionaires or whatever? We've talked about this before, but uh, the discussion is, you know, for us is very uh, simple, but it goes beyond just taxing the billionaires. It's about giving the IRS much more control over everyone's life. And the answer from us is always no, no, and no. And... You're not going to, you want to tax away the wealth, then fine. Well, then the wealthy have nothing, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, the billionaires, you know, uh, the esteemed senator from Vermont, Senator Bernie Sanders used to say millionaires and billionaires. Now he only says billionaires because he himself is a millionaire. But eventually they would get down to millionaires. Well, we saw that in, in uh, the California. Yeah tax that right. they wish to put in which would be retroactive where right. it goes down to 50 million well that right. goes down to okay then you need more you need more right, right. but the fact is uh, on the federal level this is strictly this is a the, the, i mean it's not surprising that he's going to uh propose a billionaire's tax because it's not possible 
because it's unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. You would need to change the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So you can't do it. So why is he doing it? Trying to set a marker that we want to punish the bill. It's the same old, same old, same old, same old. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't think it's, you know, I, I don't think it's going to help him. Nothing helps him because I don't. I don't think anybody listens anymore. We do because we have to, and we bring to you what he says and 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 analyze it. But I don't think anybody actually sits back and listens to the president and says, "Well, he's that guy's just doing a great job." I mean, it, yeah. it's obvious yeah, yeah. he's clueless, and everybody knows it. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if he expects that his opponent in the GOP uh, in twenty four is going to be a billionaire, huh? Yeah. Um, it's, I no, look, but look, let's look it at is, it is, which is why I said, right. you know, it's, it's apparent that he's running at least for now. Um, but it is that political football, you know, build that, that envy and that jealousy. They believe it, it works. By the way, not only do they believe it works for them to a certain extent, it still works for them. Not that they can get it done. As you mentioned, it's unconstitutional. They don't need to get it done as as long as they can keep the jealousy and envy going they can move more toward taxing everybody including you anybody everybody you know this is this is where they are as a as a party as a movement as a group the far left wants you know all of it on the table if they had man if they had the votes oh my gosh can you imagine if they had the votes now on something like this, it would still need the states involved in order to change the Constitution. Uh, there is a way to do that. It's incredibly hard for a reason. But imagine that they had the votes to, you know, spend like they wanted to spend and and, and go to town. We've been talking about this. It, it wouldn't be over. And inflation would just be a thing. You know, uh, forget about the um, uh, the the egg shortage or whatever you want to point to uh it just everything would be through the roof you could have as many chickens as you wanted laying as many eggs as you needed they'd still be expensive because it would be a never-ending spending spree and it would also be a never-ending uh massive bloating to the to the government uh, uh and it, unlike we've ever seen it would be unmatched and we wouldn't need covid as as any excuse to get it done you know this is this this is who they are this is what they want yeah so i mean i'm not surprised they're going to do it but it's like okay fine uh, next it's not going to make any difference he's going to throw out the typical you know liberal stuff and it's like okay yeah but uh nobody listens to him nobody believes him his credibility is shot to hell um and uh you know, and, and the balloon thing makes it worse. Everything he does makes it worse. Mm -hmm. And then it's like they're throwing, it seems like they're throwing Harris out there more. And there's a ton of stories. You see the ton of stories in the last 24 hours about Democrats. She, she's not doing anything. But, well, she's vice president. He's not doing anything. Right. I mean, she's not doing anything. He's doing right. something. Right. I, I don't know where it's going. I don't know why all of a sudden everybody's on, on her case. Do they want, do they not want Biden? Are, are they, are they looking? Do, do, are, is, are they looking down the road saying, okay, we believe that Biden can be Trump if Trump runs. So for gosh sakes, he's got to get a better vice president. <laughs> that's a, that's one of the things that came across my mind. Look, why, 
Why focus on her? Why why is all of a sudden why is she the concern? She's not the concern. What they're worried about is all right, you know, they need somebody else, maybe somebody else to, you know, point him in the right direction after he turns around at the podium. I don't know, but they need somebody else uh in there as vice president. That's that's a really interesting question. And it just happened in the last day. No, it, it's like, it's what like, is I this? was going to say, I saw it. Uh, I saw it somewhat on uh, there were a couple of things over the weekend. But it really seems to be ramping up. Uh, I saw, I guess, over the last month, I've heard a couple of comments and I thought, wow, that person didn't have any concern. Someone on the left, I forget who it was. Um, mocking her. And I thought, that that's kind of unusual. So another week has passed. This is Jim Garrity, National Review, that's looking mm-hmm. at the coverage of it. Yeah, uh, Kamala Harris and the Democrats' unwillingness to hear bad news. Another week has passed, uh, so it's time for another Harris is in trouble piece from a major mainstream media institution. Last week it was the Washington Post. This week it's the New York Times. Maybe it's the Times story that I saw. What's new about uh, this one is the detail that even people who are supposedly Harris's biggest supporters aren't really that enthusiastic about her anymore, emphasis added. Hmm. But the painful reality for Ms. Harris is that in private conversations over the last few months, dozens of Democrats in the White House and Capitol Hill and around the nation, including some who helped put her on the party's 2020 ticket, said she has not risen to the challenge of proving herself as a future leader of the party like Biden has. I threw that in there. (laughs) Uh, Much less the country, even some Democrats. Uh, when uh, whom her own advisors, uh, even some Democrats whom her own advisors referred reporters to for supportive quotes, uh, confided privately that they had lost hope in her. How did Democrats get themselves into this mess? The broad outlines are clear. Joe Biden recognized that he was a particularly old white male. <laughs> yeah. Running as the nominee of the self-proclaimed party of women. And party of diversity, he promised he would pick a woman of color as his running mate. And Harris was really the only African-American woman with national name recognition who had been elected to statewide office. By the way, all these Democrats are misogynist racists. Yeah. Well, we, right. need, to, we need to bring this out right. by not our standard, by the Democrat standard. Right. They have now all become misogynist racists mm-hmm. for turning on Harris. I, she said it when she dropped out of the presidential run in yes. 2019, December 2019. Uh, Biden uh, could have uh, picked California Representative uh, Karen Bass, Florida Representative Val Demings, Atlanta Mayor uh, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, or former Obama advisor Susan Rice. Probably good that he didn't pick Susan Rice. Uh, but for another uh, one reason or another... He did not deem those figures best prepared to be the president in an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's just uh, but the potential likely weakness of Harris was obvious from the start. I do enjoy, though, her circular talks. I mean, I just like the well, way she she has. It's apparent that she's learned a new word and she just repeats it. Several times in a sentence. And she'll use the same word mm-hmm. to explain the same word. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I, I would miss that. 
<laughs> Represented. And, and frankly, it's all about our own at personal entertainment. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, guys, we're doomed. Might as well get a laugh out of it. <laughs> I. Harris isn't going to step down. That's not going to happen. He's not. If he's going to run, it's going to be Biden Harris. <laughs> I, like, I like this here from Jim Garrity. We're two years into the Biden presidency. With Harris, what you see is what you get. There is no better version waiting to be unveiled. <laughs> that's a great De- point. Democrats. There is no rise in the future. No, that's a that is a great point. Democrats' dilemma around Harris reflects an inability to process accurate information. <laughs> All of Harris's problems were there from the start. The flip-flopping, the hallmark card speech habits. Hmm. Oh, my, that's, oh, that's great. Yeah. The tendency to blame her staff and high staff turnover. The uh, Kamala Harris of early 2023 isn't all that different from the Kamala Harris of the late campaign of 2020 or her presidential campaign in 2019 or her arrival in the Senate in 2017. Hmm. Yeah. Back in uh, August, the Daily Beast uh, checked in uh, with the, uh, it's called K-Hive, the ardent supporters of Harris during the 2020 presidential primary who are adjusting to the hard reality of watching her underwhelming performance as vice president. One former Harris uh, fan said, I was obsessed with the idea of this person who could under uh, who could undo the systemic the systemic racism and sexism and heterosexism in government with one full swoop and now i'm thinking to myself did i just make up a person in my head who could do all these things and then garrity answers yes <laughs> <laughs> i love it oh, i'm telling you he yeah. is he is fun to no he's he's very fun to read uh he's 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 grounded he's very funny um but makes the solid points um he could you know if he ever wanted to move over to babylon b he could do that <laughs> and, 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 and the job wouldn't be much different and then then he he ends he ends this okay yeah this pattern, though, with the Democrats happens over and over again. Joe Biden is not a wise elder statesman. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is not the astute and empathetic hero of the pandemic. Lawyer Michael Avenetti is not a shrewd and righteous lawyer who believes in standing up for the little guy. Former Virginia Governor Ralph Northam is not a sensitive racial healer. Wow. The Lincoln Project is not a team of patriotic and principled campaign operatives putting their country ahead of their former party. Stacey Abrams and Beto O'Rourke are not so astonishingly charming and charismatic 
that they're going to turn red states blue. Uh But Democrats wanted to believe these figures were as great as they said they were, Mm -hmm. so they all enjoyed long stretches of generous press coverage. A better media, a media, and a better Democratic Party would recognize recurring the recurring pattern and say enough. Well, yeah, because it's all symbolism. Yeah, it's imagery course. and symbolism. Right. Yeah, there's no substance to back it. Right. Look, I'm the first one to say imagery and symbolism counts, yeah. but it's not effective unless you've got substance behind it. Right. Unless you have credibility behind it. I don't care if if you've got to lie constantly, and that's what the Democratic Party has become. Tell me an issue they don't lie on right now. Right. Oh, man, we'll bring up the DeSantis stuff is just incredible. I mean, they're just outright making up stuff about him now. It's just like, just make it up. Just make it up. Right. People catch on to it. Even Mm -hmm. your own party catches on to it. Mm -hmm. If you're all if if it's all imagery, if it's skin color and gender and a and a particular maybe vivaciousness of a person and you don't take one second to say, does this person have a mind that can organize thoughts together. Right. Is this person coherent? Is it obviously when they speak that they're absolutely clueless about what's going on? And is it time that the Democratic Party, I don't know, maybe has somebody who has a clue? If you're not going to ask those questions as a Democrat, you're never going to get out of this. Because right. think about it. Think of all the people that have been run through. And I'm gl- so glad Garrity did that. He ran through all these people and you're like, you're right. Everybody that they just anointed was a complete bust. Right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Listen to Red Eye Radio wherever you are with the Red Eye Radio app. Available on Ed... It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690Red Eye. You know, one of the things you've probably heard for years is conservative, conservatives and libertarians talking about liberalism and socialism and where it's going and that it, it leads to communism. And that's where liberalism will effect, effectively, uh, eventually, excuse me, take you. And for years, conservatives, oh, you people are just, you're going so far overboard. We're just about taking care of each other. That's what the Democratic Party is about. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to see Bill Maher last Friday make the same comparison. The woke revolution, which is the Democratic Party. Yeah. To the Chinese Cultural Revolution. We'll have this. We'll, I, I, I can't play what he said. I, I will read the quotes of what he said because there's profanity and stuff yeah, in it. Right. And things like that. But it was it was amazing moment. Amazing moment to see a liberal because he's still a liberal. Yeah. Right. But this now he still hasn't figured it all out. He still needs some help. We'll help him out a little bit here. Mm. He still needs some help, but he goes right into it. Goes right into it. And think about this. Something that was so taboo for anybody in the left to even consider. In fact, anybody in the right that would ever bring it up, that shows you how far they're gone and that shows you 
how they'll demonize the caring of liberalism. And there, Bill Maher, as liberal as you can get, making the comparison really is an interesting, interesting point. Giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And we're still winning because everybody else is giving 20%. <laughs> yeah, if that. Remember, what did, what did that sign say from our one boss? Did it say give 120% or it give said, uh, 20% uh, 20, more? 20% more. I thought, that's easy, because 20% <laughs> of zero is zero. I'm good. This is in radio, by the way, just so you know. Yeah. Like give 20, and we're like, and we were just like, this is the stupidest thing ever. Because when you get to a, I think when you're in radio, it, that's almost like telling a stand-up comic, you need to give more. Be funny. <laughs> you need yeah. to get 20. If, yeah. if you're somebody who's been involved, because this this was a station that people had been, you know, I'd been in radio for 20, 30 years. These are people that, I mean, you know what you have to do every single day. It's like if you're in stand-up comedy 20, 30 years and get to a certain level, you're giving it all. I was watching yeah. Seinfeld the other day, and he said, there are no, there are, there are not comedians that are not well-prepared that have been in the business 20 years. <laughs> Everybody's right. well-prepared. Yeah, you, you, you don't get to stay in that <clears throat> yeah. long. And if you're not, and so this boss, <laughs> you had these signs all over the place, 20% more. And let's be honest, our response was shut up. <laughs> yeah. I, to that effect, I would say the evidence of that is Polly Shore. His mother <laughs> operates one of the premier stand up clubs, and even he didn't get to stay around. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was just you know I I uh, like guy. I, yeah. I I see you know always trying to inspire inspire people, but there there are some jobs yeah that are just either you have self motivation to give a hundred percent every day or you don't right yeah exactly and, and this yeah, is yeah, just yeah. this is just one of those businesses where you want to do it you know there aren't really you know unless unless you're sick which would be natural. Yeah. You know, you're sick and you still come into work and you're like, oh, man, okay, I got to do it today. Other than that, yeah. you and I, I mean, it's <laughs> you and I get to the point, and it's happening more frequently that in the middle of the day, <laughs> you'll text me, God, why can't we be on the air now? <laughs> it, there isn't like a, well, all right, I'll go in. But you know something? It's the... Uh, the weekend, so I'm going to see if Eric will just um, we'll yeah. play we'll, we'll play songs starting at three in the morning. Exactly. Uh, just why not? So, <clears throat> I like that. Giving seventy percent, well, we could give another thirty percent then, right? Yeah. I just yeah, I just 20%. love that. I love when he when he says that though. Um, <laughs> but this was this was incredible on Friday. Yeah. And I saw it over the weekend on uh, 
on YouTube and I went, whoa. And we were just, we were, sorry, we were talking balloons on yesterday's show. Did you miss yesterday's balloon show? Mm. Um, but this is where uh, Bill Maher likened today's woke revolution, which is the Democratic Party, to the Chinese Cultural Revolution and spoke about how we have embraced the re-education policies under Chairman Mao in his monologue on Friday's HBO show. This is something, if you've been paying attention, that conservatives have been saying for years about where liberalism leads you. Mm. And they have been eviscerated for it. The fact that a liberal like Bill Maher recognized it and actually said it sort of blew my mind. Now, everything isn't correct here. We'll tell you the parts that we need to correct. It's right near the end. But here's what he said. These, these, these are some of the quotes. If you're part of today's woke revolution, you need to study the part of revolutions where they spin out of control because the revolutionaries get so drunk on their own purifying elixir, they imagine they can reinvent the very nature of human beings. Yesterday, I asked Chat GPT, are there any similarities between today's woke revolution and Chairman Mao's cultural revolution of the 1960s? And it wrote back, how long do you have? <laughs> because again, in China, we saw how a revolutionary thought he could do a page one rewrite of humans. Mao ordered his citizens to throw off the four-year-old's uh, old thinking, old culture, old customs, and old habits. So your whole life went into the garbage overnight. No biggie. And those who resisted were attacked by an army of purifiers called the Red Guard who went around the country putting dunce caps on people who didn't take to being a new kind of mortal being. A lot of pointing and shaming went on. Oh, and about a million dead. Mm. And the only way to survive was to plead insanity for the crime of being insufficiently radical and then apologize and thank the state for the chance to see what a piece of manure, mm. <laughs> used another word, mm. you are, and of course submit to re-education or as we call it here in America, freshman orientation. We do have our own red guard here, but they do their rampaging on Twitter. Good intentions can turn into the insane arrogance of thinking your revolution is so effing awesome and your generation is so mind-bendingly improved that you have bequeathed the world with a new kind of human. You're welcome. With communist, that human was no longer selfish. In America today, that human is no longer born male or female. And obesity is not something that affects your health. You can be healthy at any size. Really? Hmm. We voted on it. A former Sirius magazine, The Atlantic, last year, published with a straight face an article called Separating by Sports or Separating Sports by Sex Doesn't Make Sense. Yes, it does. Because again, we haven't reinvented Homo sapiens. Since Crystal Pepsi came out, end of quote. <laughs> and then he concluded, I spent three decades on TV 
mocking Republicans who said climate change was just a theory. And now I have to deal with people who say, you know, what else is just theory? Biology. Well, the only thing we would like to tell Bill Maher is uh, let's look at what the the woke culture wishes to do with climate change and what they wish to do. And look at some of the people that believe in Mm -hmm. climate change, Mm -hmm. like Michael Schellenberger, Mm -hmm. like uh, like uh, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Bjorn Lomberg. Mm -hmm. These are people that believe the climate change is happening, but believe that everything the left is doing is absolutely insane. He also was this week or last week just blasted, you know, his first, he had the first electric vehicles. I think he had the Volt and mm. first Tesla and said they were horrible vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And then go into the insanity of, of, uh, of energy and everything else. Bill Maher. And we said this last week, I think. Bill Maher is teachable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look. Um, the problem is, is that the, the pendulum can only go so far and, and it can also, it can only swing at a certain rate and the far left has ramped it up, but it's, the thing is, is that the, the pendulum I think has gone further than I thought it would almost to the point of. I think it's not swinging back and forth anymore. It's just going around and around. <laughs> and no. and the, but but it is because it is so over the top. And the idea that and and I remember our first conversations about the transgender bathroom and everything else and we said this is where this is where this is going. Yeah. Your because it was a school in California was one of the it, it wasn't the first, but but it was toward the beginning of all this. And and the complaint by the parent was, my daughter feels, you know, uh, intimidated because there are transgenders going into that restroom with her and the daughter was being called a bigot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte Observer, you know, uh, down the road, uh, they're editorial board your daughter needs to get used to male genitalia and all of these things where the left is, was just you know we're going to throw biology out the door we're going to we're going to throw uh, the parents and their judgment out the door you don't get to decide and we're, and and they took that now so far where they're saying things like, Swalwell, if you ever thought that, you know, you should be involved in your, your kid's education, you're just stupid. Um, you know, uh, the uh, Virginia governor's race, uh, parents have no place in the classroom. You know, these things that they believe aren't going away. They're pushing them as far as they can go. And I do believe now the pendulum is, you know, just one of these things. It's going it's it's going around in a circle. It looks more like a a, a, a broken clock that's moving very quickly. But as a society, there is pushback. And part of that pushback comes through 
pop culture, and Bill Maher is just one of them. Dave Chappelle saw that he won a Grammy, by the way. Yes. For the closing. Yes. Ouch! And these are the things that, and by the way, which included, you know, I mean, they had a uh, the, the, the the big performance and and everything else, you know, on on the stage that night, and Dave Chappelle wins a Grammy for the closer. But the, but the thing is, is that these individuals, because they, I I consider Chappelle and his type of comedy, uh, as with a lot of comedy, is 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 is, is commentary. If you watch his uh, routines, if you watch his specials, there are moments where he gets very serious. And then he'll drop, you know, a line. He'll drop, you know, a, a bit. And then it's, you know, and, and there's, it's always about the, the, the laughter. But this is, this is social commentary that is, that, that the left couldn't wrap their brain around. Bill Maher, to a lesser extent, but still an indication of, again, you know, looking at it because Bill Maher, remember, he was going to go do a tour and he was like, you know, no, look, I need, you know, he was basically trying to make the, the point that, that and, and we kind of broke it down. He was trying to sell tickets. He needs to, he, there are plenty of people that are going to be offended by a number of things, but in pop culture. When that mirror was held up by people like Dave Chappelle and others that were tired of the cancel culture. It's like, you live how you want to live. but Don't tell me that I've got to give up my livelihood and compromise who I am as an individual. And I can't include basic science anymore in a discussion. You know, it's interesting because I think Chappelle really affected the pop culture where I think Bill Maher has affected it is because a lot of news people pay attention to Bill Maher. Yes, I, it, you know, I so there's pop culture on one side, yep. and then in the, you know, he's a he's a direct assault. He's you know, more Bill, of a door into the the media coverage well, and and, he, and that kind of well, assessment. where where an MSNBC or a CNN, well, you know, CNN now mm. has him on, right? And so now that means MSNBC is going to comment. Well, you want to debate Bill Maher now? on the liberal transgender activist movement, two liberals. You've got a circular, you know, a big circ, liberal circular firing squad mm-hmm. going on. Oh, 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 we do have a great uh, liberal circular firing squad. Here's the headline or update. Uh, Black Lives Matter co-founder blasts Biden and politicians. They've abandoned our movement. Oh, okay. All right. I guess we'll have an update coming up. Yep. 86690-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, uh, Red Eye. Coming up on the top of the hour, more on uh, Balloon Gate. Uh, Leon Panetta interviewed yesterday, the well-known Democrat, mm. said, yeah, as soon as we found out it was a spy balloon, we should have shot it down. Yeah, right. Everybody knows that. Mm. And it'd be interesting to see if Biden, uh, he, he claims they haven't changed the speech at all. Because of this, yeah. we'll 
We'll see tomorrow. If he mentions the balloon, then he did change the speech. Mm-hmm. So it's be very easy to figure that out. But is he going to try to defend it tomorrow? Or, excuse me, tomorrow, today? Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to convince me he's not going to mention the balloon thing in his speech. I guess we'll see what he says. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? You pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.